0: One of uh the most necessary take twos we've ever done on this show, we <laughs> we were not doing great already. Uh, yeah.
1: this is two weeks in a row, we had to completely restart. <laughs> oh
0: podcast has fallen apart. Um but yes, this is Yosis Racist. Uh we're doing a business like one now. Uh because yeah. we fucked around too much um the first time. Yeah. And it was Mostly about how uh, I am. Why am I so distracted? Um, so Yosef Racist, Andrew T, Tony Newsom, Professor, uh, Professor.
1: Yeah, upgrade. Kevin Bartelt. I didn't realize you you reached 10. Cla- class classes in session, tenure. gang.
0: Doctor <laughs> Doctor B is in, in the house. Doctor
1: B, you sound like a jazz saxophonist. Uh, producer right.
0: Producer Kevin, but Professor Kevin. Wow. I mean, I haven't had to call anyone professor non-ironically, non-pejorative ironically
2: in 20 years. I hope the voicemails going forward are like, Tawny, Andrew, professor. Mm-hmm. Professor. You're chef
1: no. in some universes, yep. so you might as well That's be professor true. in this one. I love that. That's true. Mm-hmm. All
0: right. Professor Kevin's here. Professor.
1: <laughs> professor.
0: Profevin. 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 <laughs> Okay. We're we're at the same amount of off-the-rails as we were <laughs> we before. We found it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yo, is this racist? Um, I mean, part of the reason, not the reason we had to restart, actually. That was for technical reasons. But I was already in the midst of not doing a great job with how we wanted to talk about uh, just, I guess, the bunches of mass shootings. Um, we <laughs> recorded last week's episode before... Um, on Sunday, you know, before, before anything had happened, um, which I guess is the danger of the show. Um, and then the further danger of the show or not danger is that, um, we are, you know, though we try to keep things a little topical up top, we don't really have specific, uh, unique insight into politics, Mm. uh, the, you know various strategies of law enforcement we have our beliefs that i think are pretty evident um i was we were trying to find a way to not find a way but you know the thing that i think is useful here is uh it hopefully is more evident than ever that police do not serve to protect uh, literally anyone as i think is pretty evident but um certainly not communities if anything um, for many communities, like we saw this week, they are an active impediment to communities protecting themselves. So, I mean,
1: if you want Team Defund before, well, yeah,
0: yeah. Like they, if if uh, if there had been no police, there would have been a better outcome. Um, Literally. So um, that's and, not and,
1: hyperbole. That that is,
0: and that's that is not truth. a. That's not an outlier, you know, maybe, I I think. It's just more obvious in
1: this terrible case.
0: The, yeah. So, to the extent, and look, I think I banged this drum probably too much. Um, I have personally found um, engaging in mutual aid to be um, very helpful for me in that, uh, I've said it too many times probably on the show, but I think it is just my way of thinking of it. And I think, I think, well, whatever, I'll just say it as my opinion, but I I think you guys are basically on board, which is like, you know, the, the, this is also how we protect each other is building this sort of community with everyone. Um, I personally, most of my energy goes into uh, helping out with an organization called Solidarity and Snacks and Skid Row. But of course there are others everywhere, mutual aid groups um, that, that are about, you know, Everyone in the community doing what they can for each other. And that is because that ramps up, whether it's just like handing out masks and PPE or, um, you know, we try to have other stuff, food and and uh, supplies when we can. Um, but that community building extends to everything, including the worst possible things, um, you know, and and so these are the folks in in my community that I know um I know and then I trust and that uh, when things happened those are the folks that th- those are who you got because it's scary to think about I think that's the thing that you see a lot is like especially like people who maybe are not subject to the worst of police behavior you know white people mostly in this country um it's scary to realize that police are not there to help you. And you know what? For some white folks, they do help you. They do enforce the status quo that keeps you comfortable. But when push comes to shove, they absolutely are not there to protect you. And so, yeah, so Yeah, and, so, and, yeah, yeah, and I think it's
1: important to, no, 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 you're doing great. You're doing better than I would be. Um, I think it's important for people to know that there's a myth that we've been taught that police are heroes and they will lay down their life to save yours. And that is, now I'm presenting this statement without judgment, although I'm sure you know where I, how I feel personally. But that is fundamentally untrue. Police yeah. have never been required to put themselves in harm's way. That is not a requirement of the job. That is not part of their training. So yeah. just, just, just at the, the smallest bit you can do here is just start to unravel. If any part of you was taught that myth, I was. Of course yeah. I was. I come from a law enforcement family that myth is not true. They would not say that it is true. It is not, they're not like firefighters. They are not the people whose job it is to put themselves in harm way. Their job is to preserve the status quo. So just let's start there. Baseline defund, uh, you know, thinking. And,
0: and if, even if like that sounds scary to you, the the thing is that's because you're not, you're choosing not to face the reality, like defund the police. Oh, what will we do if there aren't police? Guess what?
1: Literally start over. And the come up thing, with something better.
0: Well, true. And but also the thing that you think is the police, we already don't have. Like, we right. do not have a group of heroic armed people willing to protect you. That doesn't exist. Um, so throwing more money at a thing that says that is that thing, but is patently not, is right. simply a waste of money. Um, so Yes, it is scary to imagine that all we have is each other and that, um, you know, there are armed people out there who do not have your best interests at heart um, and, in fact, will often work against your basic interests. Um, However, giving them more money is not the... It will not create this fictional thing. Like, believing that the police are heroes is just a fantasy. And... It, people believe in that fantasy because it's scary to imagine that the fantasy doesn't exist, because then you're in a cold, dangerous world. But again, the way out of this cold, dangerous world is with your neighbors, with the people around you. And it just, I'm sorry, it isn't with people like the police. It isn't with politicians uh, oh, I guess the thing, well, it's not with any politicians, but, you know, do the system as it currently is set up, blah, blah, blah. Uh, one thing I think we haven't said is do not fucking vote for Rick Caruso if you're in Los Angeles. Um, mm. Again, and maybe that doesn't need to be said to this audience, but like truly it's very, very bad and dangerous. And he is a uh, bad, bad person. Mm.
1: Um, I think another thing towards you know what Andrew's talking about paying attention to your community uh, is keeping an eye out for folks who are reaching a desperate place in their lives um, yeah. I you know obviously the, the the attention shifting away from talk of guns to quote mental health issues is wrong and is not handled properly but what is true is that, You know, this has been a really tough last few years for everyone. And so people who were on the edge or were close to it have been pushed a lot further than they may have otherwise. So I think we as a community, as a world community, as a nation, we really need to sharpen our skills of paying attention and identifying, not saying like, oh, that's just my coworker's boyfriend who's just a little weird. Like, really, really paying attention. And yeah. really looking out for those telltale things of, you know, people feeling like their only resort is to resort to violence of some kind, even if it seems small. You know, the a lot of these people have domestic violence issues almost immediately yes. preceding these attacks. Yeah. It, so,
0: I mean, misogyny is almost always the through line for this.
1: Yeah, University of California did a study that was like the the only through line with all of these evil people is an extreme hatred of women. And yeah. many of them have committed a violent crime against a partner directly preceding these things. So yeah. I, I just think we need to pay a lot more attention to these folks that we maybe think it's not our job to tune into. Maybe they're not quite in our family, maybe they don't work in our department. But you yeah. know, you know about people who seem like they're on the edge. And I'm phrasing it like this because not everyone is going to be a murderer. Some people might just need a little help and maybe your paying attention can yeah. point them in a direction to get some. Yeah. So let's all just yeah. pick our heads up a little bit more.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the the large, uh, broad strokes version of this is that like whatever version of um, like look, keep looking out for your community mm you can think of it in literally selfish terms. I literally think of it in selfish terms for me. I, one of the reasons I do the things is not like on altruism. It's because like having a strong community keeps me personally safer. Mm, mm-hmm. Um And, you know, look, if, even if you're, yeah, just the most like selfish, self-interested individual, mm. um, it should hopefully be clear that like, even in that situation, even with that personality, actually like having a strong community is best for you. Um, so for you, the selfish asshole like me. Um, so truly, I mean, it's, it is the thing that uh, it's so odd to me. Yeah. That, not odd. It's just hard, I think, to conceive of this, but I think once you see the world in those terms, it becomes very evident um, that, you know we're all in this shit together as we see it like like the selfishness is not achieving anything or sorry the like uh caveman idiot selfishness just the basest level of of that just doesn't do anything so oh, um i feel like a broken record i feel like i say this shit after every bad thing but
1: well i think that's all we can do is just keep saying it because people you know, yeah. it takes, yeah. it takes different types of terrible things for different folks to wake up. Not usually our listeners. Y'all are also, pretty, <laughs> pretty much.
0: There. Really. Lots of lots of broken records just stop playing or play a, a terrible noise. Not repeat themselves.
1: That, That's that true. Saying is, that saying. Is, that yeah. saying needs work because yeah. a truly broken record is just in two pieces <laughs> lying on the floor.
0: Yeah, and that doesn't repeat itself. Ridiculous. Not at all. Ridiculous. All
1: right. uh, little palate cleanser. Yeah. We have um, we have a couple of voicemails for you. That's what y'all are here for. Before we get to those voicemails, I just want to shout out, we have a black Doctor Who. Do either of you watch Doctor Who? Do you care about Doctor Who?
0: I don't care about it, but I have watched it
1: before. <laughs> Damn, I shouldn't have asked <laughs> do either of you care about it. That just set us up for a harsh answer.
0: Well, no, I mean, I just, I, you know, I've seen it. It's okay. I like, like, uh sci-fi stuff i i think i mean one thing that did really take me out of it is it's like though british tv is um more sort of generally diverse i would say than american Mm. tv it is a painfully white show Mm -hmm. Uh, it's had exclusively
1: white doctors and and roses up until did we have a black rose a couple years ago i don't know Kevin uh that was the Leave one season
0: now. I I kind of watched is uh oh the I don't think they're always called Rose. I think they're the those are the companions of different names. Uh, <laughs> that
1: that shows that I only watched like one
0: <laughs> Did you bait me of, into did you bait me into this? Uh, <laughs> I thought they were always
1: called Rose. I don't know. Well anyway, we should no. say the actor's name, Shudi Gatwa, who I've loved watching on other British shows like Sex Education. He was really good on. Uh, but he's the new the new doctor.
0: You know, similar to the James Bond debate, these like um, British cultural institutions—it's you know, like was sort of necessary but not sufficient to have diversity in these two in these types of things. I think it's like really Mm -hmm. nice. Also, you know, the Doctor, Doctor uh, Who—that's his name. That's right, everyone. His name is. I know
1: that. I know that Uh, part at least. uh, I didn't know the Rose thing. (laughs)
0: He's a fucking shape. Oh, no, sorry. That is a joke. He's just called the doctor. People who love that show hate it when you call him Doctor Who.
1: Did I, have I been calling him Doctor Who? Great. Everyone this should. <laughs>
0: no, no. Doctor Everyone's Who. Mr., Mr. Doctor Who. Mr. That's his Dr. full professor. Professor Whom. <laughs> yeah. um, Tell
1: word.
0: Professor Whom, like the, the off brand Doctor Who that, like, <laughs> we tried Doc- to
3: make it a- The spin off, the IMDb spin off.
0: Professor Whom is here. Anyway, uh, he's a fucking shapeshifter. So, like, uh, I'm not even going to look, but I'm positive that racists are mad that there's a uh, black Doctor Who. Uh, and they're
1: like, how's he gonna shape him? Isn't everything he sh- yeah, shapes oy, into gonna be black?
0: Oi, what's next? <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so I guess this is like this is good obviously for just like representation. Obviously, representation representation has its limits, but that doesn't mean it's not a good thing. Also, anything that makes racists mad is good. Um, and this again, I'm confident is doing that. So you know, yeah. we picked a side. Uh, Oh, man.
1: Good old the doctor, professor, who and his companion rose (laughs) 14.5. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. Guys, we're back. Okay. We had to take a a fact check break because I was losing my mind. Um, By the way, we don't fact check...
0: super critical shit constantly, and yet we both took a break to look up Doctor Who casting.
1: (laughs) Because I'm scared of of nerds. I get it. You you all care about this. I chose to wade into these waters not being much of a fan, so I take this seriously. Um, Yasmin Finney was the actress they cast. She is playing Rose, so it's the return of Rose, which is why I was confused. Um, So I don't know if she's going to be reincarnated or what, because that was originally a white woman.
0: That's fucking great. Yeah, man. This is, yeah. I'm still probably not going to watch it. I I find Doctor Who generally to be that kind of, like, because I'm also guessing the showrunner is probably not a person of color because that has, I'm sure, never been the case. But it's like a certain kind of, like, white guy smugness is the POV of the show that I found
1: talk it's fun it's just it's just a guy getting in a phone booth and zipping around the universe all right we're gonna take a break before <laughs> y'all get any more mad at us
2: professor whom <laughs> i love that this was harder than the first <laughs> second. good
1: lord that shows how much of a mess we are all right let's take yeah, a real last we're... break and when we come back we're gonna do some voicemails <laughs> Here we are. We're here. Hey,
0: we're back. Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> that's that's his name. Don't wear it out. Uh, Hume. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's listen, we don't we don't know what's happening here. Let's just let's just do some some voicemails and yeah.
1: Yeah, let's see what's going on.
3: Hey, love the show. I appreciate you guys. Um I'm just calling about a situation I've run into work a few times, and I just haven't been knowing, like, what to say, or even if I should say anything. Um, so, a little background: I'm a white social worker in a predominantly back, black school, um, and some of my younger kids I work with—they've called themselves light skin or dark skin—and there's been a few times where I've just been like, "Hmm." Like, in my head, like, I don't know. Um, I guess I'll I'll give an example. There's this one boy. He's seven. He he was in my office, and we were looking at some NBA players, and I had Trey Young up on the screen, and the boy goes, oh, he's dark-skinned just like me. And, you know, my thought is, Trey, i biracial. He's half white, half black, and I didn't really say anything. And I don't know if that something – I should comment on like, was that wrong not to comment or should it not come for me? I just feel a little confused on the situation I've run in with some of these little kids. Um, So yeah, I I would appreciate some guidance or I just never run into this before. So yeah, thanks again. Appreciate you guys. Bye.
1: That little kid was fucking with you.
3: (laughs) That child was messing
1: with you. Um, Who has ever looked at Trey Young and said that person is dark-skinned?
0: I, okay. I'm one, well, I'm wondering if maybe the caller just misspoke because that. Oh, you think it was a different
1: ball player no, player? no, no,
0: no. Just meant to say light-skinned, but.
1: Oh.
0: Just a thought.
1: I thought the caller was like, this little kid is deeply wrong. Do I need to correct his ass? Oh.
0: Oh. Well, oh, I read it as more of a "Can I talk about this as a white person?" Got uh, it. That's just my right, guess. An- that
1: and answer th- it that th- way because that's easier. <laughs>
0: that well, that winds up being a more. I mean, yes. Well, we could let's do your interpretation first because that's that kid was fucking with you.
1: A hundred percent. That kid is fucking <laughs> with you and uh, waiting for you to be like, "You think he's dark?" Let's examine this. That, yeah. That child was messing with you.
0: I guess good for you for not falling into the trap and knowing whatever answer you give is going to sound fucked up. (laughs) Bad. Yeah. So that's it. Just don't fall into the trap when Uh children fuck with you because children love to fuck with people.
1: Oh, yeah. Especially Um, if you're... It's a predominantly black school and you're one of the white faces that they see. There's going to be a lot of... Yeah. It's going to be a lot of little traps like that. I guess the
0: other side of the trap, though, you can't not fall in. Because if you don't say anything... Then you're known as the person who couldn't. Who, if you nod along to that, that is also like straight up wild.
1: So, is our advice keep your head still and your mouth shut?
0: Yeah, just like, just like, sort of see if you can dematerialize and fade into the ether before <laughs> the kids figure out what you did. Um, no, I mean, I think, yeah, now I'm liking your, y'all's interpretation of this. This makes. Uh, this is more
1: entertaining, which is like you were getting fucked with. I thought with. I detected confusion in her voice. Like, do I step in here? Do I correct them? Oh, Why does this I, kid think that that person yeah. is dark-skinned? And I'm like, that was a trap. That was just a joke.
0: I prefer your interpretation. Because mine is like, like, just boring. Like, yeah, there's there's lots of shit that, um you know, you are allowed to weigh in, in on as a white person, but like you know realizing that you come from a different perspective and things look different coming out of your mouth and i think it wouldn't be crazy to say uh hmm. no yeah you're you're you guys your interpretation makes more
1: sense so wait like if if we're going with yours if the um if the caller just misspoke and the kid was like actually said hey there's training on these lights can just like me yeah i
0: thought this i thought this was like a do i bring up like colorism is it like a thing where we talk about that? Do, is that my place because I am a preachy dickhead and no. that's where my brain always goes but that's not well, a fun
1: conversation <laughs> no and I think the answer to that is you just look at the kid and go like yeah isn't it great that you have folks yeah. that look like you do yeah. things that you like to do cool the end open your fucking social studies book I don't yeah. know do kids yeah. still do social studies I think so what uh, What is social
0: studies, really? I guess for all me, the s- soft sciences, right? Social G- studies for
1: me was going to um, my white teacher's classroom who every day she would bring up how she used to live in Japan. And a few days a week, she would show up in a kimono. Um, and she <laughs> wow. would just tell us Damn. about the world and like, point to different maps. So it was a lot of Damn, maps. Player. It was a lot of her telling us about Japan and uh, wearing kimonos <laughs> sometimes. I really hope it. it was like just a spring kidding, break I too.
2: <laughs> not really like a living there situation more of like a right. 10 day trip.
1: Yeah, like she went on a trip and came back with a personality.
2: I wish I asked my first grade teacher. Can we look at photos of basketball players at all? <laughs> that is instead of yeah. says, can I just look at photos of Michael Jordan? <laughs>
0: How did we get here? This is so wild.
1: I see a little Kevin looking at a picture of Larry Bird and being like, he's white just like me. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. They're like, are
1: we allowed to say
0: something? My teacher
2: in a kimono, like, very good, Kevin.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so... What have we... Yeah, the fucking with you version of it... I... This might be me speaking out of turn. No, this is me speaking out of turn. However, I think there is a world depending on the kid and depending on what kind of person you are and truly how comfortable you are with black culture, where Mm -hmm. you could, you could respond. You're fucking with me Mm -hmm. or whatever you're supposed to say in a professional school setting. But yeah. Are you messing with you're messing with me? Right. Right. Um,
1: I think that's possible. hmm I think so.
0: But there are ways that that turns out not good.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. So maybe it's not worth the risk.
1: Um, yeah. I, I'm going to go with keeping your head and body still and not responding. Or just yeah. going, you think so, huh? Oh. That's a good response. Oh. Huh. Dark skin, you think so. Interesting. All right. Let me tell you yeah. about my summer in Ecuador. <laughs> change, change, changing the
0: subject to like, and what do you like about them? Let's pull up a mm-hmm. highlight. That kind of mm-hmm. thing is probably wise. But yeah, I guess mm-hmm. if you're being... I, I, uh, I Yeah, I, I think maybe this... And maybe this also just, again, speaks to the caller's fluency. But again, I might be reaching or even projecting here. But I do feel like there's a way... Um, to say, cut it out, dog. You know, some version of that. Um, Now, again, I don't, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but it's just my, that's just my guess. Anyway, try out both things, caller, and let us know which one works. Yeah,
1: you're allowed to, we invite you to call back. We don't like follow-ups, but we do want to hear what happened or if this was a a gag. I guess it was
0: a gag. I guess it was clearly, you guys are right. I just, I don't know.
1: The only other thing that I could think, which does not sound likely given the setting that they're in, um, like if this kid wasn't at a pretty black school, there are some black kids who will use the terms like darker skinned or brown skinned when they just mean not white. So them saying like, oh, look, he has brown skin like me. There's a will. But she described the school as very black. So I don't see that being how that student would talk. But who knows? Okay, here's a, here's a
0: larger question. Um, I once had a
1: kid who I was babysitting tell me that he, my, I looked like his best friend, Tony. And Tony was a little Italian kid. And I was like, why do you think I look like Tony? And he goes, because you are both brown. And I was like, okay, kid. Tony <laughs> got a tan true. and I'm a full brown. but okay.
0: Kids are wild. <laughs> kids, kids can just be wild. I guess there's an age of kid that, you know, they're just saying shit that maybe yeah. doesn't make the most sense. Um, no, here... Here is my maybe Tony if we got can a maybe
1: <laughs>
0: Tony's just a tan little Italian kid. Tony okay. got a tan. Uh, <laughs> here, here is my uh, maybe larger question that maybe is worth talking about for a second, which is that like if you are like a uh, white person um, who is in a predominantly uh, black in this situation, but you know in a non-white place, um, is is there like you know, because I feel like there's a lot of, like, people um, go into things like social work and teaching. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know, I mean, and it's not even white folks all necessarily. Like, I know, like, um, like, my sister did Teach for America in, like, a primary, primarily, like, a Latino um, school district. And Teach for America has its own issues, but whatever. Um and I, I remember she didn't have like a ton of fluency with the culture she was like essentially going into, which I, maybe, mm. you know, and, and I feel like just because of the nature of things, like, not like philanthropy, I don't even know what to call it, but just like 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 social good type positions. Because of the way, you know, our economy, our education system set up, like, you are often a white or privileged person going into a community of less privilege. And, wow, even my fucking, just like, gathering my thoughts is taking fucking forever with this. But just like, like, so I feel like this happens a lot, which is like, you know, our classic audience uh, segment of well-meaning white people. Um, going in and getting in over their heads, but also, like, doing it with um, at least, you know, mostly clear and good intentions. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. Is there, and like, good advice that for awareness. those folks? Yeah. Well, I
1: think we talk a lot about, like, the, you know, we make jokes about how much we have all these lovely overthinking whites that are listeners yeah. of our show. But then, you know, Andrew, your answer is often... This isn't overthinking. This is just thinking and just, yeah, being aware of those privileges and differences as you move through these yeah. spaces and
0: and right. and and the fluency just comes with time and interactions and mm-hmm. you know keeping things positive and being willing to be um being willing to be goofed on, being willing to be wrong, being not defensive when those two things happen. Um, being uh, a good, positive person as much as you can within mm-hmm. the limitations you have. Um, and, like, the, you know, the journey never ends, but the fluency does come yeah. eventually. So maybe there's something to that. I Yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah. And We're, your fluency is, will, yeah. will, will make those people that you're working with and around more comfortable around you. So yeah. just know that... You're doing that work in order to make yes. those people who are you are there to affect. Yeah, you're doing that work to make them more comfortable, and it's it's maybe. working. It just takes a minute.
0: Okay, yeah, maybe that's it. It's like we present this show, or at least I do, as like comedically offering like silver bullets, offering answers. But the thing is, it's the real answer is like none of that shit is real. Like it's all just like constant flu, like getting more fluent, getting more comfortable, trying, failing, mm-hmm. improving, trying, failing, improving forever. Mm -hmm. Um, which is how you learn anything. But I think people are so par like feel like race is so perilous that they like, you know, don't want to touch it. Yeah, and it's like touching it and like failing in a correct way is the only way to get better. But I think people tend to be scared, which is why they call in, and then we give them like answers that aren't helpful because the real answer is like continue to do the work, fools.
1: Right. It's also like it's not. I don't know, I think some of those failures aren't as big as y- folks may build yes. them up in their mind to be, and they seem really scary, but like, I will tell you that as someone who often has to talk with you know, writers or executives or whatever, w- well-meaning, lovely people who, it, it, when these issues come up of rep- representation, I, you know, at this point from doing this show for this long, from just being a black working actor, I consider myself a little bit of an expert. And so when things arise on set or things arise in a script, you know, I'm not necessarily like gearing up for fights or like confrontations, but I am pointing things out and going like, hey, you know, I'm pretty practiced at noticing these types of things. So here's something that we could do or let's find a solution. And I don't, it, it's not like anyone is ever some raging bigot who's like arguing me down. But what does make the work harder to do are the people who are just not comfortable. They're they're uncomfortable. They're scared that you're calling them bad. And they're not like able to have the conversation because they're so rigid and worried and scared. It's like no, but then the folks are defensive and yeah, yeah, a little defensive because they're good people and they're not racist and they didn't mean it. Blah blah. And it's like I'm not. This isn't an indictment of your whole personality. This is one offhand joke you wrote that you don't understand how, when said Mm -hmm. by a black person, it has a different meaning. Mm -hmm. You know, it's little shit like that. And I am always grateful for those writers and execs and producers who are able to just go like. Oh shit! Wait, tell tell me why. Let's talk about this. And there's yeah. just like a comfort, like you're saying, a fluency it makes my job easier. It makes the work mm-hmm. easier. Makes me more comfortable yeah. around y'all. Right? Maybe. So maybe. Yeah. We're not even advocating fluency in like a
0: culture. It's almost like a fluency in being wrong is the important thing. Just like that, like people talking shit hate through, being wrong, and it's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm, maybe that's that's our superpower. Is like. I'm just like, I'm wrong all the time. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm very comfortable being wrong and try to get better. Yeah. And just, that's all we bring to the table. We're we're dumb as fuck.
1: Well, we can point shit out just because we're like, we've had thousands of phone calls about, <laughs> yeah, <exactly.
0: laughs> about people doing things wrong. So, <laughs> uh, speaking of thousands of phone calls, should we do one more?
2: Let's yeah. Hi, Andrew, Tawny, Kevin. Um, Honestly, I was just calling because I don't know if I'm just, like, really fucking this up and not getting my suboptimal stuff. I thought that was gaslighting me, but I think I actually fucked him no. up. Um, no. Listener, it, it's in, in your country. email. Um,
0: I the instructions I said, are in your I email. i
2: covered this before. Uh, I work with a dude, and, like, he's really into, like, all things, quote-unquote, nerd. And they talk about Star Trek a lot, and... I asked him if he watched Discovery, and he hit me with the, yeah, you know that one's just a little too political for me. And I kind of asked him to elaborate on that, and he just said it was a little too political. But for me, who's not really the most in-depth shrek e type person, um, but I like the show and I like the series, all of them, and the movies and everything. isn't that show pretty much all politics? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. that's all I had. I honestly really wanted to know why my suboptimal is not working. <laughs> I, uh, all
0: right. Well, if you are like the caller or want to be like the caller and go to suboptimalpods.com and sign up for uh, either the suboptimal bundle or just access to Yo Can We Live. Uh, you know, that's the uh, best way to support this show since we went independent. We thank you very much, everyone who subscribed, especially you, Caller. Look in your email or DM uh, the Yozis Racist Twitter account, I guess. Uh, yeah, but or it's the a, Suboptimal
1: it's... Pods Instagram and oh, I can get true. that over to our tech support person, which is but Nate. It's,
0: it's in your email. Yeah. Most, most It's in your email. It's we, in your email. Us. But
1: if you can't find it, then just DM the Suboptimal Pods Insta and we'll get you sorted. Yeah. Um, thank, thank you for you. subscribing.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank um, you. But all right. And this is uh let me let me just caveat so uh Tawny doesn't have to. As a working person in Trek a
1: uh, CBS show.
0: There's a there's uh both a limit and a vested interest that Tawny has in this to what she both to, to what she can say and you know, whatever. So like uh yeah that that is i just wanted to say i definitely kn- knew i was putting tanya on the spot when i picked this I'm glad fucking I, voicemail look
1: andrew you messaged us that you were going to be five minutes late to the zoom and so i took that time to listen to these voicemails and i'm glad that i did um this is basically you just like teeing this up and then sitting back with arms folded. <laughs> a large armchair you know what's good about working for star trek now um So if you're new to the show, I am on a show called Star Trek Lower Decks. We are part of the crop of new Trek, as some folks call it. But there have been a few generations of Trek and every iteration the fans have had problems with. So Discovery was the first uh, of this kind of era of Trek. I think the first season came out in like 2016, maybe 2015. And it was the first Star Trek show to not center on a captain. The lead character was not a captain. The lead character was, uh, without giving anything away if you haven't started it, she was not a captain. Her rank was much lower, and she is a Black woman. It's played by Sonequa Martin-Green. And the captain was an Asian woman. It was played by Michelle Yeoh. So the the, the very outset of this, see, this you know, incarnation of Trek Already was doing things differently. So you can imagine that there's some segments of the fandom <laughs> that from the moment it came out, from the moment that pilot dropped. Can you imagine that they were gonna have some problems with it? Interesting. Like, I, I don't I don't know if you can see quite why, but I'm sure you can <laughs> sure you can get there with me. Um, but what caller, what what the caller's alluding to, there there has been a recent shift from this this very toxic segment of the fandom, from just saying like, oh, we don't like that show. Oh, the writing's bad, blah, blah, blah. Now their favorite thing is to say it's too political. And a lot of that has come from the fact that there was a couple of cameos. There was a cameo by Stacey Abrams, who's this huge Trek fan. She's like a true Trekkie. I interviewed her for the Star Trek podcast. She is a full Trekkie. And so they thought what a cool thing is to have this working politician do a small cameo as the president of Earth or some shit, on that show. <laughs> so that has really awakened this g- grumbling, r- racist, sad little minority that's like, this show's too political. Mind you, let's talk about, let's talk about uh, uh, all of Deep Space Nine, which was just uh, an allegory for uh, Israel-Palestine. The, the all, Almost all <laughs> seven seasons of it was just a thinly veiled <laughs> metaphor for Israel-Palestine. So that was... In the late '90s, then let's go. Let's talk about the next generation, which had episodes about non-binary characters. As an episode called "The Outcast," which was literally a race of aliens that had no gender, and one of the uh, crew members from the Enterprise falls in love with one of them, and that person is like, "I'm going to choose a gender and go against my people." So it was this bizarre like discussion of gender that was 1992. Let there be your. Let that be your last battlefield. From the original series in the '60s, was literally about a race war on a planet of these people who looked alike but had these imperceptible differences that outsiders couldn't decipher. Yet they couldn't figure out why they were having this civil war, and it truly just came down to color. Um, <laughs> I call that the black and white cookie people episode because their faces were cut in half like black and white cookies. Um, <laughs> So these are just three very not at all exhaustive examples of how this show has always been at the forefront, has always been political. Yeah. That's what separates it from other sci-fi things, frankly. That's, I think that's why it's the only sci-fi thing I really fuck with. It's the yeah. only thing I've ever liked because it always was saying something. It was always these morality plays about what it means to be human and how tangled that can get because of the ways humans behave. And they pulled yeah. from the headlines... It was a procedural-ass space drama where they took things that were happening on Earth, going on in real time, and they put a fucking forehead ridge on them and gave them a loop-de-loop <laughs> earring and a drapey outfit, and they called them the Snorflats or whatever, and they just <laughs> veiled it in alien shit so that people could learn these lessons without having to look at exactly what was happening on their news screens at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah. anyone Hopefully who said Hopefully learn
0: some empathy and, yeah.
1: Anyone who thinks that Discovery is, quote, too political has either truly not watched Star Trek and is not paying attention and is just echoing what they've read on Reddit. Or mm-hmm. they don't know how to say the words, I'm just a bigot or I'm just, I yeah. I just don't like yeah. that the show features several queer characters and a black lead. That's what they don't like.
0: I, I th- Think I will say yeah even larger because I think I I'm sure for instance the people talking about Doctor Who the racists are saying oh it's all political now you know mm-hmm. and, and I think the thing is uh, I I get a little like I'm maybe too too many steps ahead. And I think there are people maybe who are just, like, ignorant, like, and this is, like, feels like a nice way to say I'm a bigot. But, like, it also is, like, such a rhetorical win for them just to, like, move it into political. Because it's, like, mm-hmm. everything is political. It's just that white, you know, white supremacy has been the default for so long, or, you know, white um, male... Mm-hmm uh, cis supremacy, however, you know, however you want to slice the topic you're currently talking about such that like the, the defaulting of that point of view is a political position being put forward. It's just that like calling things political just means you're deviating from that point of political point of view. And Mm -hmm. that just like, then sort of like automatically concedes the idea that, whiteness in this case, case or, or not even, you know, whatever is the default. Yep. And so it is like, that's why I'm a little like, again, maybe a little more aggressive, but like, I think you can just respond to that with like, fuck you, that's racist or, you know, whatever uh, yep. appropriate. Cause it's like, what does that mean? Everything is political. You think this shit, you know, even, even the shit that isn't inherently, obviously political is fucking political. You put forth a point of view that this is normal, this is good, this is the best. Um, right? Or this is primary of primary importance, even if it's not the best. Um,
1: yeah, because like, and, and especially we have the luxury now of looking back at the earliest series and not realizing that things that they were doing then were political. It was political on primetime TV to have a Black woman on the bridge of a starship. To have Nichelle mm-hmm. Nichols as a primary cast member as a communications officer, she wasn't anyone's servant. She wasn't anyone's cook. She was a, a science officer or a communications officer. That was that was political. There were people writing into the paper mad that she existed. Martin Luther mm-hmm. King told her to stay on the show because she wanted to quit because she was having a rough time, I'm assuming. And Martin Luther King fucking told her, hey, you really need to stay on this show because it's important that you're seen. So if yeah. that isn't the most political yeah, the show started that way. So these people are just stupid and your co-worker's yep. an idiot and uh, Discovery's a great fucking show and it has some of the best damn acting in all of Star Trek. Mm-hmm.
0: The second best acting because obviously the best best acting can be found on Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, Look, if this- you like shouting and talking too fast and <laughs> swearing and being a maniac,
1: we're the show for you, baby. You, want I... a heart, you probably gotta go to Discovery. <laughs> mhm.
0: Well, you know, it's something for
1: everyone. Um, um, but I anyways. do, like Andrew. You gave me the out of like she currently works for Trek, so there's a limit to what she can say. And my favorite thing about working for Star Trek is that there is not a limit. And when it comes to this stuff, they are proudly and fervently behind folks oh. like me, saying with my whole chest, "Fuck the bigots." And oh yes, I love them for that.
0: Yes, that is that is fucking great. I just yeah, I I guess I just didn't know. Yeah, how how that all works with that? I mean, I had some idea, but
1: that is live long and prosper great. is basically fuck the bigots, but said for a <laughs> for a network audience. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. Those those fingers are two middle fingers going up at the bigots on one mm-hmm. hand.
1: Ooh, I like that um, Andrew.
0: All right, did we? We, you know, we're lean mean, but we're also. We 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 were in, we got shit to do today. So mm-hmm. that's this is the the show. Um three two three three eight nine seven two two three. That's three two three three eight nine race. Uh leave your voicemails. I had some good voicemails this week. Uh once again, uh we are just gonna mention if you are in uh we have uh some shows coming up, live shows. Um, you know, obviously several factors permitting, but we have four confirmed shows in the United States. Uh Boston on July 16th, Minneapolis on July 30th, Austin, August 20th, Brooklyn, September 10th. Once again, we have had a week to ask um, the people in charge of booking these shows, do we know the venues? And I'm sure we do. They're in our emails. Uh, Once again, we have not looked because we
1: were spending too much time looking up Dr. Whom. Um, Just like that caller about his suboptimal needs. It's in our emails. It's in your emails. We're all going to check our emails one day and then we're going to have that info.
0: Yeah. But um, you know, just uh letting you know we don't have ticket links. Um obviously someone knows the venue, but not us. Um the venues, but not us. Um but yeah, so just uh stay vigilant. Um suboptimalpods to That's where
1: the link is gonna be.
0: That's where it'll that's be That's true. That is that is where the ticket links will be. Um uh I don't know, are we gonna figure out some sort of pre-sale situation? This could be something that we talk about offline, but we're talking about it wait. in the outro of the podcast. Uh,
1: and where do you call in to talk to the podcast? It's like uh, three, it. two, three. You did? Yeah. Great. Great. Sure did. Good night. Great. Uh,
0: uh, Kevin J. Bartell, Trotty Newman, Andrew T., Suboptimal Pods, Yo Is This Racist, it's social media. It's time to take a
1: voicemail now. We? <laughs> Welcome. <laughs>
0: Welcome. Okay. <laughs> uh Tani's in a time loop. So we have to we have to reboot Toddy and then okay. uh yeah, we'll see you see you next week. Um, Dr. Wen. <laughs> take care <laughs> of each other. Take care of each other.
1: This is